0: Pod moth.
1: So I think your microphone is probably just haunted. I think that's bullshit. No, that's got to be what it is. Uh,
2: To clue the listeners in a little bit, um, if you listened to our last episode, my side of the recording was sounding pretty wonky. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I was mad because I just bought a brand new friggin' blackout Yeti. And as I was editing, I was like, Ooh, my voice sounds good. And then I'm listening to yours, like, What the actual fuck? That's so frustrating. The first episode where I actually sound good now, you sound like crap. I was like, Why?
2: Recursed. And then we tried to start recording this episode and it was still all over the place. And I was. I don't want to say I was arguing with you, but we were trying to figure out yeah. which setting on we were, my mic was We were was arguing with up.
1: each other. We were just frustrated because
2: we were like, why isn't this? It makes no fucking sense why it's not working. And I'm sitting here like, Jesse, my mic is five years old. Maybe it's just tired.
1: <laughs> it's, t- it's gave up.
2: And all I did was I went on my iMac and like double clicked a couple things. And now all of a sudden I sound brilliant yeah. and full of life. Yeah, it's wild. So thanks ghost, you're like pissed off that we're we're talking about you. You know what I realized? What? Um wasn't it the one that it started fucking up on is when we were bringing up demons.
1: Last episode? No, we were talking about spontaneous human combustion.
2: Yeah, but what I'm saying is the microphone was acting fine until we recorded an episode on demons. And once we made that public, then my oh, mic started fucking up. Oh,
1: okay. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, the yeah the demon from The Exorcist was mad that we outed him. So it's like, I'm going to curse you, podcast.
2: It, it's either that or whoever is responsible for spontaneous human combustion got a little salty about it.
1: Yeah. Who says they're not the same entity?
2: That's certainly a theory.
1: That's my theory.
2: Patented. So so welcome, people. Um, this is the Paranerds Podcast. If you didn't know, powered by Podmoth, my name is Erica. My name's Jesse. And we're excited that you're back, because it is our holiday special.
1: Woo! Woo. <laughs> Jingle bells, Batman smells. Or no, is it Robin smells?
2: No, it was Batman smells. Robin laid an egg. Oh, of course he did. Yeah. So, um, that being said, Merry Christmas, and we are happy that you have a episode on Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Um, that already happened. Happy belated Hanukkah. Uh, Hanukkah is. And uh, Kwanzaa. Happy Quan Kwan- because I think Kwanzaa is right after Christmas. There
1: you go. Happy yeah, holiday. so
2: happy Kwanzaa. And um, I have some stuff to talk to you about, and I hope you're ready for it. I'm ready to be scared. You'll eventually be scared, but we're going to start by making you laugh and maybe feel a little grossed out, um, you know, stories of Christmas past. <laughs> okay. Cool. So do you know anything about old Victorian holiday traditions?
1: Hell no.
2: All right. So long before it was tradition to make gingerbread houses and hang stockings over your fireplace, it was common to gather around a fire and share ghost stories. That's fun. Yeah, which I think is pretty cool. I'm tired of that just being a Halloween thing. Really, though?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Ghost stories all day, every day. Forever. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: In Europe and here in the U.S., Christmas and many of its traditions are inspired by pagan customs associated with the winter solstice. Historically, December 25th has a close link to pre-Christian solstice festivals that viewed midwinter as a time when light dies and the veil between the world of the living and the dead is most thin. When light dies. And solstice is the 21st?
1: What? Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah
2: yeah um as part of the celebration
1: thank god the night is already way too long i'm ready for it to go away
2: i don't know if we've been bitching on air about it yes we have
1: because i've been bitching to everyone that'll listen that it's too goddamn dark outside and i need my vitamin d
2: that's true um when i see you this weekend we should go out for the two hours of sunlight that we get per day
1: (laughs) yeah that's a good idea
2: yeah. Are we gonna yeah. wake up early at like eight? I'm fine with that, honestly. I just miss the sun. <laughs> Me too. We let's do that. Let's wake up early and get some vitamin D. Yeah, we'll we'll go to the cemetery and take some photos
1: mm-hmm.
2: with the ghosts. Yeah, like the cool hosts do. Oh, Erica, what? The, did
1: I tell you already that that Instagram post that I did of like the the creepy ghosts, like? peeking behind the teacher on zoom uh-huh have you seen that
2: uh yeah and i fucking hate it terrifying Thank you.
1: everyone listening go look at our instagram it's so scary um but when i was trying because i was like screen capping it from reddit right because mm-hmm. i just saw it on reddit and i was like oh sick so i was just trying to like re- screen record and i would screen record it and then i would go back to like edit it and it would, like, as soon right before the ghost, like, poked its head out, it, my screen would just go black. Like, three times. I tried to screen record it, and it looked fine. Shit. And then I swear to fucking God, it was, I was like, why isn't this working? I could see it, and it looked fine. And then as soon as I went to, like, just edit a couple parts out, because you have to get it, like, under a minute, it would just, like, go black. I had to do it three times before it worked. It was so weird.
2: Fuck that. I know. Yeah. That makes me so uncomfortable. I don't I like that at all. I know. Oh, stop making me scared. It's I have to Christmas sleep at your time. house, and now you're haunted.
1: Well, no, it was at work, which I'm pretty sure the building I work in is haunted. It's pretty creepy. Uh, that's fine. We just won't go there. I know. Tomorrow's my last day. Yeah. So, the ghost if the ghost is going to get me at all, it's going to get me
2: tomorrow. I mean, as long as I still have a couch to sleep on, it's whatever. You can come Maybe. back as a ghost and be a real ghost host. Tomorrow-
1: Okay, cool.
2: Yeah. (laughs) So um, as part of the celebration of solstice and the Christmas season, people would gather with family and friends and swap ghost stories about life, death, rebirth, and new beginnings. And I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. But here's the part that's made for you. Victorians also sent bizarre Christmas cards. Mm Mm-hmm. Among the dark, outlandish designs included macabre images like a murderous frog stabbing and looting a fellow amphibian. He's stabbing and looting him
1: at the same time.
2: Hell yeah. He's so talented. Yeah. He's a good boy.
1: (laughs) He's a good boy.
2: (laughs) Saint Nicholas peeping through windows and stuffing children into his gift sack. This version of Santa just says... Fuck the kids.
1: <laughs> well, he's gonna take them.
2: Yeah. Like in the movie he's, Elf. Yeah, he's like, you know what? Instead of, like, gifting good children with, like, warm, pleasant things and toys that they wish for, he's like, fuck you, kid.
1: Taking You've been you. a
2: rotten little shit. He's
1: gonna. I bet he kidnaps him to make him work at the North Pole. Oh, you think that that's the how elves? he's
2: recruiting elves? The
1: elves are just enslaved
2: children. Didn't you know? I feel like the movie A Santa Claus probably touched on that. I, I have
1: never seen that.
2: No, probably not. I'm just talking <laughs> shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that was one design. There was one with giant waltzing insects, which I imagine Ooh. them looking all dapper and cute.
1: Love that. What kind of insects?
2: Um, I didn't find any specifics, but okay. in my mind's eye, I'm imagining like a praying mantis dancing with a cockroach.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally.
2: I think that'd be pretty cool. And um sometimes there were cards of dead robins.
1: Cards of dead rob? Oh, with pictures yeah. of dead. Rob- I thought you meant the card was a dead robin. They
2: <laughs> oh, had oh, like that. oh, like here's a corpse. Merry Christmas! Wow!
1: And they made it into a card the craft yeah friendship. yeah you just have to
2: <laughs> bend the feet a certain way and... That's but um fun. yeah yeah i thought it was cool and honestly i'm so bored with super sweet and boring hallmark cards like please right. get yeah, paint me it. a car or you know sketch out a card of like waltzing insects i would love that
1: my friend lauren sent me a card I think it was for my birthday, and it was uh, flying penises. Love
2: that. Oh, yeah. Well, that's your thing. That sounds like it's made for you. I know. I was like, oh, my God, you know me so well. Um, Where was it that you traveled to that you got me the penis magnet?
1: Oh, Rome. It was um Dave david <laughs> yeah dave, um, you, know I, dave. <laughs> I, yeah,
2: you know dave um you know dave. I, yeah, I guess i have a, a collection of souvenirs you've given to me from traveling because i have that leaning against my marshall speaker and then i have the cat you got me from cancun oh up yeah there too. you cat, yeah
1: That's good cat, yeah. yeah
2: but um anyway i thought those cards were pretty cool and i'm hoping i can find some photos of those to share on our social media so you kind of follow along while you listen oh totally yeah. So the point was that um, Victorians wanted their cards to serve as shocking conversation starters. Yeah. And some of those designs were influenced by folklore customs. Good. For instance, in English myths, robins and wrens were considered sacred species. Mm-hmm. And images of dead birds might have been used to elicit Victorian sympathy and may reference common stories of poor children freezing to death at Christmas. What? Happy holidays.
1: (laughs) What? (laughs) What? (laughs) What the fuck?
2: (laughs) I told you, we're on a journey here. (laughs) And, um, this is something that's dark, but I thought it was interesting. The legend of Santa Claus was much more sinister in the Victorian era. Santa Claus. just like that an english legend had him paired up with the devil oh yeah of course in a good cop bad cop duo to figure out which children had been naughty which had been nice and how their fate should be carried out oh okay the devil sometimes guised as krampus
1: oh okay kidnapped
2: kidnapped and beat disobedient children while santa was often depicted in christmas cards slinking around and spying on children through
1: windows (gasps) oh my god wait oh that leads into what i researched but i'll get we'll get to that later
2: you didn't research krampus did you
1: no but just i was like because that's
2: exactly well we're gonna go around Next is Krampus, but that's going to lead into another creepy story. Let's do it. All right. So if you guys don't know about Krampus, Krampus is a half goat, half demon creature. He is the punisher of naughty children. Draped in chains and bells, he tags along along with St. Nicholas during the Christmas season and beats bad kids with birch branches or stuffs them into his sack, <gasps> hauling it's, them away. It's
1: Belschnickel.
2: Yes, to his hidden lair in the underworld. In Catholicism, St. Nicholas is a patron saint of children. His saint's day falls in early December, which helps strengthen his association with the Yuletide season. Many European cultures not only welcomed the kindly man as a figure of generosity and benevolence to reward the good, but they also feared his menacing counterparts that punish the bad. Ooh parts of Germany and Austria dread the beastly Krampus while other Germanic regions have Belsnickel and necked Rupicht, black bearded men who carry switches to beat children. (laughs) This feels so wrong to talk about, but we're just talking legend (laughs) and culture. Um, France has Hans Trapp and pair Foetar. Some of these helpers, such as Zwart Piet in the Netherlands have attracted recent controversy. Krampus's name is derived from the German word Krampen, meaning claw, and is said to be the son of hell in Norse mythology. Mm -hmm. The legendary beast also shares- he's in Krampus
1: uh, Norse mythology?
2: That's what I found.
1: I've never heard of
2: this. It's probably a version, maybe with a different name. But I'm curious to see what you could find on that too. Yeah. Um, the legendary beast also shares characteristics with other scary demonic creatures in Greek mythology, including satyrs and fauns. Mm-hmm. The legend Wait, is part but of. But
1: satyrs, my- satyrs are like fuck machines. I don't think Krampus is a fuck machine.
2: You're saying that Krampus doesn't have big dick energy. <laughs> no no he doesn't
1: <laughs> i imagine krampus like slinks around being all creepy big dick energy would be like hey i'm here to see ya. that's big dick en- he is tiny dick energy
2: oh well i understand the fawn bit because he's hooved sure
1: but i just think he's just can't be anything like satyr satyrs are they just they just they just sex all the time that's their
2: thing maybe that's what i'm about to tell you is when krampus is not doing his job at punishing folks he is just getting it
1: krampus fucks (laughs) (laughs) that guy fucks
2: (laughs) the legend is part of a centuries-old christmas tradition in germany where Christmas celebrations begin in early December. Krampus was created as a counterpart to St. Nicholas, as we discussed. Who would reward children with sweets? But Krampus, and it's funny, some articles that I read were saying that he would beat children, and others say that he would just swat them and throw them in a sack.
1: Yeah, that's what the Belschnickel does. Yeah. Are you impish or admirable? You don't. You don't watch The Office, do you? I hate it. <laughs> oh no! But that episode was
2: really fucking good. Anyways, continue. it's okay. I'm sure most people that listen to our podcast are probably on your side about Because
1: most people like The Office, Erica. You're a weirdo. Thanks.
2: <laughs> Whatever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, say say something bad about The Office. Do it. Watch us lose all of our followers. <laughs>
2: I'm too tired to fight <laughs> with you. Good, is what it is. I'll just stick to watching Peep Show and Letter Kenny, and that's fine. Um, so, according to folklore, Krampus purposefully shows up in towns the night of December fifth, known as Krampusnacht or Krampus Night.
1: Krampusnacht.
2: The next day, December sixth, is known as Nicholas Tog or Saint Nicholas Day. When children look outside their door to see if the shoe or boot they left out the night before contains either presents or a rod. A rod? Yeah. Like what? I guess instead of coal in the US, it's like a rod. What's what do you mean a rod? What is a rod? Um maybe something to spank yourself with cuz you've been bad.
1: What? <laughs> <laughs> i can only think of like a fishing rod
2: yeah or that's what it is you know what you don't get any sweets you need to catch your own damn fish you
1: literally the definition of rod you know? is a thin straight bar like that they just got what was it like what what eh. all right never mind
2: <laughs> you're like i'm not gonna fight this to it's the just, detail like, what do you
1: mean there was a rod in their shoe like what how
2: <laughs> uh a more modern take on the tradition in austria germany hungary slovenia and the czech republic involves drunken men dressed as devils who take over the street for a krampus a krampus run of sorts where people are chased through the street i always wanted to go to one of those they seem pretty cool
1: oh yeah well there's one in like pennsylvania
2: really I didn't yeah. think they did them in the U.S.
1: Oh yeah, why wouldn't they?
2: I mean, New York City does their Santa Con thing, Santa Run every year, oh. where it's like a bar crawl. Uh,
1: yeah, I've seen that's um, I'm such a fucking nerd. I was about to say, oh yeah, the D and D podcast I listen to is getting into Santa Con.
2: Everybody that listens to this podcast knows <laughs> you can play D and D.
1: But the pod, it's called Fan. It's oh no, it's called Dimension Twenty. Anyways, they have a whole thing about SantaCon.
2: I'm actually interested to check that out.
1: It's good. It's from the Season Unsleeping City. It's very good. Cool. Yeah.
2: So um, considering we've been talking a bit about Christmas past, I thought that maybe the deep dive this time could be a really cool collection of old ghost stories.
0: Hey everyone, I'm Abby, the host of Portal 8 Podcast, where we talk all things paranormal and pop culture. Do you like ghosts, aliens, and creepy unexplained phenomena? Do you also enjoy pop culture news and watching the Bachelor franchise? Well, Portal 8 Podcast offers both. My sister Haley is my go-to guest for the mysterious. That's right. We share our theories about ghosts, UFOs, unexplained deaths, and life's curiosities. If it's paranormal, we're talking about it. And my husband, Aaron, is my co-host for The Bachelor Commentary and Recaps.
2: I'm not ashamed to say I watched The Bachelor too, and I have a lot to say about it. Will you accept this, Rose?
0: Step into the portal with us every week to embrace all things spooky and stay up to date with the latest Bachelor Nation tea. You can find the show on all major podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And follow us on Instagram, at Portal Podcasts, to stay in the loop. We can't wait for you to join us through the portal.
1: Um, just to clarify about the rod, uh, it was a birch rod, specifically.
2: Okay. So not it's a fishing a rod. rod. It's just a. It's a birch rod. I think that goes along with punishment, or at least that—that's where my head's at. Is like you would spank someone like, with it. It's like a switch. Yeah, exactly like a switch.
1: Gotcha.
2: So the first ghost story that I wanted to start with, um, you've heard of Alcatraz Prison, right? Mm,
1: the one with the Dementors.
2: Um. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> It took uh, me a minute. You you were talking about man Yeah. Oh, that's,
1: that's what different.
2: it's called. No, I, I was sitting there like, <laughs> wait a second. now Alcatraz, it was a it was a level on one of the Tony Hawk pro skater games, but it was a real place. It's a real place out in California. It's is like an island is the prison. The Rock. The Rock. In the movie The Rock. Oh, maybe. I've never seen that movie.
1: I'm pretty sure that's Alcatraz, because don't they call Alcatraz The Rock?
2: I thought you were talking about Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I'm like, what no, the fuck does he have to do with it? the movie? The Rock is a 1996
1: action-American thriller film directed by Michael Bay.
2: Did it take place in Alcatraz?
1: Yes, it did! Boom. <laughs> okay. Well, I good. You know another. what I'm talking about. It's definitely not there. the one from Harry Potter. What's that? Askaban. ban
2: because I'm you say that and I'm just like you know what I know Alcatraz it was a Tony Hawk level one time Eh. I
1: don't know anything
2: but anywho it's off the coast of San Francisco and it has a long and spooky history in its earlier days Native Americans allegedly used used to banish miscreants to the island as punishment where they were reportedly plagued by the local spirits and that's (gasps) what they get
1: that's so mean.
2: Yeah, but you know, okay, we we came here when we shouldn't have. So, yeah, well, not saying we, but you know what I mean.
1: Well, we did. We're white.
2: Yeah. Spoiler alert. alert: We're white. <laughs> I I totally understand where it's like, fuck these folks for coming on our land. They Wait, go over
1: you there. The white people to to.
2: Well, when Just they said rough. that Na- Native Americans were banishing miscreants to the island as punishment, oh, I'm imagining okay. they're probably talking about white people. Yeah. Oh,
1: them too. They deserved it. Good for them. Exactly.
2: So, Alcatraz became a notorious federal prison in 1934, housing criminals such as Al Capone before it was shut down in 1963. Today, mm-hmm. visitors to the island report hearing screams the clanging of metal doors, and the sounds of voices within the walls.
1: No thanks.
2: One of the more famous tales associated with the island supposedly occurred in the 1940s when Warden James Johnston held a Christmas Day party at his residence for staff at the prison. The good cheer is said to have been brought to a swift halt when an apparition sporting mutton-chop whiskers and a gray (laughs) suit appeared. I know, I thought you'd laugh at that he's got mutton chops (laughs) he does specifically that's funny the temperature in the room plummeted and the fire blew out before returning to normal when the spirit disappeared about a minute later the rattled guards were too scared to stay in the residence and the rest of the christmas celebration ended abruptly
1: Mm -hmm.
2: so i guess this spirit was like you're having a christmas party you guys are assholes
1: Fuck you! Who was wearing mutton chops? Who was this guy? Uh,
2: someone who is not hip with the times. <laughs>
1: There's a s- specter about.
2: Um, next story takes place in England at Ruse Hall in Suffolk. It lays claim. Suffolk. <laughs> I can't stop teasing me. Sorry. <laughs> Lays claim to being one of the most haunted houses in the home of the Suff folks.
1: Folks, was that funny? No, okay, continue. Are you you gonna tell
2: the story? (laughs) Shut the (laughs) fuck up, okay? Yeah, go ahead. Anyway, it's one of the most haunted houses in England, okay? Uh huh. (laughs) The 16th century hall has a number of sinister connections, including a gruesome hanging tree, Mm. an oak tree planted at the site of the old gibbet oh gibbet gibbet where <laughs> gibbet. numerous new numerous criminals were hung to make things even spookier what inside one of the building's cupboards the mark of a devil's cloven hoof is said to be imprinted
1: wait where where in the
2: house in one of the building's cupboards mm. spooky But perhaps the most dramatic haunting is supposed to happen every Christmas Eve. Legend has it that a headless horseman clatters down the driveway with his four black horses pulling a phantom coach, terrifying anyone who witnesses him. Fucking metal. I know, right? (laughs) That's what I'm saying. If I'm gonna witness a ghost in real life, let it be that.
1: Let it be fucking rad as hell. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And the next little story is, takes place in Arkansas, the Crescent Hotel in Eureka Springs. Don't
1: you mean Arkansas?
2: Yes, in Arkansas. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was built in 1886 and is rumored to harbor numerous ghosts who seem to be especially playful during the holidays.
1: Ew.
2: One Christmas, the staff came down to set up the dining room, only to find the Christmas tree had been moved from one side of the room to the other. What the fuck? I <laughs> all think you here... would look
1: better over here. <laughs> I'm just gonna put they're they're just
2: here, trying guys, to get honestly. your, they're trying to give your the energy in your room some yeah. balance. Feng shui, Let them be. Yeah. yeah,
1: free feng shui service.
2: So another year, all the menus in the dining room had been scattered around. I okay. guess they were in a pile and just like. Phew, other visitors have reported seeing groups of ghostly dancers clad in Victoria-era clothing whirling around the deserted dance floor, mm. which makes me think oh. of the Haunted Mansion. And oh, I was just cool. thinking
1: of Anastasia.
2: Oh, yeah, I could see that, too. Once
1: upon a December. Musical hour. That one.
2: Yeah, I know that one. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's that, that one. It's great.
2: Now here here's the big story that I wanted to tell you, and this is where I think it gets pretty gruesome get and good. creepy. Oh,
1: yeah. Me. Um,
2: this is the story of the Mistletoe Bride. Okay. Bramshill House was bought by Lord Zouche. A note. <laughs> I know. Uh huh. I wanted Lord Zouche too. More like Lord <laughs> Douche. Am I right? <laughs> he was he was a noted statesman adventurer and philosopher of the elizabethan period how
1: how does someone get the job adventurer
2: well back then i guess by being willing to travel weeks to get places yeah but um he was a friend of the famous william cecil the chief minister of queen elizabeth and was closely associated with Francis Bacon. Bacon. Yeah. Wait, the who's ear- he? Um, he is the Earl of. I'm gonna butcher this word. Do it. Lochester. Lochester. L e i c e s t e r. Oh, that's. Gloucester. <laughs> right.
1: No, it's, it's. I don't know. I don't know.
2: I Sorry, I picked all the worst stories today, I guess, because I'm not good at English.
1: Leicester. Leicester. Yeah.
2: Leicester. sauce.
1: Worcestershire
2: sauce. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Francis Bacon was an earl. Can we say that? He was okay. an earl. Yeah. So anyway. Um, he
1: sounds familiar, though. Was he like a writer or something? Like, why do I know his name?
2: Look it up while I'm talking. Okay. So. <laughs> Um, what we were saying was Lord Zouche knew a lot of these famous folks, also including the Earl of Essex, Sir Walter Raleigh, and other great characters of that period. So people knew this guy that bought this house.
1: Okay. He was hot shit then,
2: huh? He was hot shit, and Mr. Hot Shit used all of his wealth to build his mansion. Zouche, Hot shit Zouche <laughs> Ever since then, it was considered one of the noblest and most beautiful monuments of Elizabethan architecture in England. Oh. It's also one of the largest of English mansions. Mm -hmm. Now, there's this woman. Her name is Mrs. Cope. And years down the line, she moved into this house. And to her, she's just marrying into wealth. Mm -hmm. So this house must have seemed daunting and absolutely huge to her. Uh The finery was contained within great oak paneled halls gilded salons, there were immense corridors stretching out in vistas that ended in dim shadows. Okay. There were almost incalculable treasures in the form of pictures, old furniture, immense tables, curiously carved chests, old plate and beautifully wrought metalwork. So this place seems like
1: awesome.
2: Awesome and obviously very full of wealth and beauty. Stuff. So vast were these rooms that even people that spent their lives there wouldn't have been familiar with everything on the property. Jesus. In the tremendously thick walls, there were said to be many secret chambers. One was the study to which Lord Zouche retired for his philosophical and scientific work.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: The great house was so costly that the descendants of Lord Zouche weren't able to keep it. And then it passed into possession of the Copes, a very ancient family who had their principal seat at Banbury. So that's how the Copes get into the picture. They bought it. hmm Okay. Or it was given to them regardless. Okay. Um, yeah. The wedding at Bramshill House was one of the greatest and merriest that had ever been known in England. The great house was filled with distinguished guests from all parts of the country. Most of the nobility and the great landed Um, squires came with their families, so everyone who was important came to this thing. The banquet was super lavish. There was a wild boar roasted and stuffed. Mm -hmm. Like, who has that for dinner? Come on.
1: Rich people.
2: Arranged with the head and the tusk raised up in a lifelike manner. That's not scarring to your psyche. What the fuck, England?
1: Rich people, man. You think Jeff Bezos doesn't have a roast pig every night?
2: Every night? That's a bit much. I don't think he'd still be alive. That's got to be awful for your arteries.
1: No, he doesn't eat it. He just does it because he can.
2: <laughs> I kind of want to see that turn into some bizarre fan fiction. Could you?
1: What? A fan yeah. fiction of Jeff Bezos? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs>
2: and it's like rich, weird adventures. Make it into a cartoon. <laughs>
1: what the fuck? Okay. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so um, that's going on. There's musicians um, playing music there's minstrels all of that details of the fair served on this wonderful occasion are still preserved in archives of the ancient house so should you be more curious about it after the story i'm sure there's places to find those photos and whatnot photos yeah well or at least more documentation of this house Mm mm-hmm Two hundred geese and two hundred ducks were among the delicacies provided for the guests.
1: Okay, yeah, that's
2: way too much. Um, these birds were especially fat and luscious. For the Copes had for se- had for centuries held the honorable court office of Sergeant of the Poultry to His Majesty the King. <laughs> Fucking rich people, man. Thank the job. reason I'm getting into all this minutia is I really feel that it's hilarious. How to go on about were. how rich these people were and then what ends up happening
1: sergeant of the poultry
2: <laughs> wine was consumed in proportionate quantities for sir john possessed a rare store of Malmsey, cypress cannery and goodness knows how many more
1: Mount. No. okay
2: after dinner there was dancing and drinking in the great hall the bride grew weary of the feasting and drinking and merry. No shit, if there's like 400 birds to eat. I'm over it. That's a lot. So she drew her husband and a few of the younger men and girls together. She proposed they should play hide and seek. Uh-huh. So she hid herself, and the first man who found her had the privilege of kissing her.
1: Uh-huh. So and the, the bride, bride said, On the her bride. wedding day, the bride did this.
2: Yeah, I guess she's like, This party is so lame.
1: They were swingers.
2: I need someone else to kiss me. Fuck this ugly rich dude.
1: They're swingers.
2: <laughs> they could be. They could be into the poly lifestyle and I'm just not sure. So she goes to hide, right? Mm-hmm. And they all turned away until the time was up. They started to look for her.
1: Wait, only she went to hide? Yeah. Okay. Well, So that's, everyone's that's searching like, for her. hide and
2: seek. Yeah. So she goes to hide. Everyone's looking for her. Um, The groom was anxious to be the first to find her, obviously. So they hunted and hunted without success. For several hours, they laughed at the girl's trick thinking how clever she was to hide herself so thoroughly. (laughs) Several hours.
1: Oh, God, she died.
2: At last, it dawned on them that the matter was serious. Guests and servants were formed into parties and searched the house from top to bottom. Every room, every closet was searched. The evening wore away and the night came. The distracted groom was left without a bride. Many people thought that maybe she ran away from the house. Yeah, yeah. Days and months and years passed and she wasn't heard from. Oh my God. Now, the Lord that she married never believed for a moment that his bride had deserted him. He was sure that some tragedy must have befallen her. He spent his whole the life, the life.
1: Uh-huh.
2: He didn't want to leave the place where he'd last seen her and was willingly accommodated by her sorrowing father. The Lord grew old and withered, but his passionate quest for his bride kept him alive.
1: Wow. You know. The- and it's sad.
2: like that. And the younger generation thought that he was just a harmless madman. Like, this guy is obviously delusional and still grieving, but there's mm-hmm. nothing to it, right? Well, one day, 50 days, sorry, 50 days, 50 years after the wedding.
1: That's a big difference.
2: Yeah. 50 years after the wedding, he was running his hand for the thousandth time over the oaken paneling of a room on the top floor. He touched a spot of the elaborately carved woodwork accidentally. The paneling flew open and revealed a secret closet. What? Within an an ancient oak chest Was stored iron bound. Dusty with years. Solid and beautifully carved. It had evidently been. A secret place to keep important documents. The Lord felt he was near the end of his quest. He secured tools and broke open the ancient chest. Within lay the body of (gasps) his lost bride. What? Now a fleshless skeleton wearing the beautiful wedding robes in which he'd last seen her that's insane the wedding dress was yellow and stained with age and corruption her fleshless hand was raised in a pathetic attitude as if it was trying to open the door of her tomb
1: oh what did she suffocate i guess or she just could never get it yeah
2: um evidently the little bride had learned the secret closet in some way and had run to it thinking to give her pursuers a hard puzzle she stepped into the chest pulled the lid over her it closed with a strong spring and she was unable to open it the lid was heavy and fitted closely and she died a most agonizing death jesus that the body never portrayed its presence by any odor was explained by the fact that it was on the top floor It was near a chimney and the warmth helped to carry the odor away through the roof.
1: That's insane.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. When the Lord had completed his lifelong quest, he had nothing more to live for. He died a few weeks after that.
1: My God.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: That is so tragic. And this is a
2: true story. This tragedy is one that naturally grips the popular imagination. Really, though? Yeah. And reading this, I, I was just scrolling through christmas related ghost stories and once i found this i was like this has to be the deep dive but um for (laughs) centuries it's been made the subject of poems and ballads the cruel death of the beautiful bride on her wedding day is perhaps the most tragic combination of circumstances that could possibly be imagined the mind becomes fascinated with terror as it imagines and dwells on the feelings of the bride who Mm -hmm. finds herself condemned to a slow and agonizing death at the very moment she expected to be enjoying the most delightful day of her life. Mm -hmm. So, um, going forward, I found something that said that it could have been possible that sufficient air may have entered from the outside to support life for a few hours, but Mm -hmm. chances are it was, it was suffocation.
1: At least it was quick, I guess. It doesn't take too long. Well,
2: not too quick. Um, And then, did she hear the footsteps of her groom searching in the night? Oh my god. Doubtful, because of how heavy this chest was. I guess that's good, because that would suck to know that someone was right there and you couldn't even... They couldn't hear you. you. See, this is why you don't
1: buy big houses. Right?
2: Yeah, see, that's don't have lavish weddings with 400 birds for dinner. <laughs> really, though. And I think the big lesson to be learned here is don't play hide and seek at your wedding. I didn't do that and I'm still alive. Really, though. Yeah. But anyway, I thought you would enjoy that despite how depressing it is. But guess what? It's haunted now.
1: Oh yeah it is i mean she's probably upset
2: (laughs) yeah um folks have said that have been because apparently that chest was on display for a long time publicly um people have said that they heard moans of the most heart-wrenching kind strange sounds like hands beating on a wooden partition someone else said the moans terrified me so much that i fainted and it was daylight when i recovered oh spooky yeah real real spooky and the spookiest line in this whole story another witness had said um not long after that he was an old retainer at the castle he declared in the stillness of the night he heard the clatter of bony feet scurrying up the hallway into the attic with this came an accompanying sound like the swish of skirts and later on a muffled thump like the falling of a cover of a heavy chest what yeah
1: so, oh she's a
2: ghost but she's a skeleton i guess so <laughs> maybe she possessed her skeleton
1: <laughs> okay all right i feel like there's a lot to unpack there cuz it's like so her her soul is still in the place where she died Mm -hmm. But is now she has the form of what her body looks like 50 years after she died.
2: I took it that way, or she's able to somehow emulate the sound of her bones? Sure, yeah, but
1: I don't know why she would just be... Well, I don't know why she would be doing anything. I don't know why she would just be emulating the sound of it. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't like. Why would you do that? Just to spook people? I guess so. No, I feel like she's just hanging out.
2: But yeah, I thought that was like tragic and fascinating. And Merry Christmas, everyone! Wait, how does that relate to Christmas? (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh, um, that's what I. I, I'm so stupid. I forgot to bring this up. (laughs) Um, this entire thing, they decided to have the wedding coincide with Yuletide. What's so it time? was like, well, like the Christmas season. Mm-hmm. So they decided to, because of all the festivities that happen around Solstice, they planned the wedding around that time because everyone gotcha. wanted to celebrate anyway. Okay. That's how cool. I found it. That's why they call her the mistletoe bride. is the because it was like a Christmas week wedding. So
1: what is the house now? Does someone own it?
2: I'm not sure, but I would be really interested if I can somehow ever... Escape the U.S. and go back to the U.K. to visit. If COVID ever lets us travel again, then I would love to see that place in person. Hmm. What's it called? It is cold. It's like Bramsfield. Br- Bramsfield, I think so. On, go back up. Brams Hill House, and Brams, Brams Hill, Hill is Hill. one word. Brams Hill. Ooh,
1: that is not a house. That is a mansion. I told you how big it was. Ooh. Thanks, Lord Zouche. Thanks, Lord Lord Zouche got style. Man, like the entryway to that house is like, oof. What is that? I, well, I guess it's Victorian, right? Is that what you said? Elizabethan.
2: Elizabethan. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. That is right? gorgeous. What a yeah, nice like, place uh, to spend eternity, right?
2: I'd be okay with that. Give me a big house to wander.
1: And she's like, you know what? If I'm going to spend eternity here, I'm going to be a skeleton while I do it.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed that. It's pretty awful, but (laughs) neat.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's really sad. But, you know, her soul is, like, escaped now, maybe? Like, is it? I don't know. She still sounds like she's suffering. if if they're hearing moaning
2: well if you can hear us we wanted to tell your story so more people know about you
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. and we hope you find peace because that really sucks yes sure do sure um and you've got a little story for me oh yeah so this so
1: yeah i'll tell you the story i found I was searching through I was like "Mm, let me tell a little spooky story you know why not I was looking through Reddit as I do and I found this one that was really creepy and then I started like researching more into it and I think there are similarities between the story and like your whole Krampus thing oh yeah Um, yeah which I didn't realize but all right here we go so, oh well. First, content warning: there's lots of violence, torture, and child endangerment in this story. Woo
0: hoo! Uh, <laughs> as
1: always. All right. So, this was posted on r slash paranormal from a throwaway account. So, like the the account's name was like throwaway five two seven or something like that. So, whoever this was wanted to be anonymous, and it was posted just like a week ago, too. So, I'm gonna go through. I'm gonna try to read this um pretty quickly but it's also written by a person whose English is not their first language so um I apologize if my reading it is not very smooth <laughs> not only because of them but because of me as well you know how I can't pronounce I mean anything. I've been
2: I've been butchering proper <laughs> English words this entire episode yeah. so I
1: think you're fine so the person that posted this is Romanian and um they say um we were on a trip in northern Russia. I can't recall the exact location. I had maybe I was maybe 7 or 8 years old at the time and um this happened at this time of the year. Wait, that doesn't make sense. See what I mean? Okay. Never mind. I'm just going to I'm just going to roll through it and if it doesn't make sense, you'll get the gist. Um <laughs> Yeah. We rented a house for some days, pretty isolated and a quiet place to celebrate Christmas. I had really much fun the first 5 days since there was no there was so much snow and we had a forest not far behind the house. It was below um, 0 Fahrenheit um, and got to be up to negative 22 degrees at night. Fahrenheit yeah, I converted okay. everything he said to Fahrenheit and feet-wise. because I, I
2: appreciate that, because I wasn't about to try to do math right
1: I now. I know. Celsius, I'm like, mm, yeah, that sounds like a number. Negative
2: 22. I No, I've heard I, that the, the winter in Russia gets to be very... Right. Yeah. yeah. So
1: wherever this guy, or this person, I don't know if it's a guy or... A, this person was, it was negative 22 at night. Well, after a long day, I wasn't tired enough, it wasn't tired enough and I was jumping on my bed on the first floor while my parents were upstairs in one moment i simply fell down i grabbed the desk under the window to get up and when i glimpsed outside of the window and i saw something moving in the trees i didn't really care and i just went to sleep after that which i mean who could but he yeah. was like seven or eight they were like seven or eight um so four days later the house started to smell like burned flesh and we really had no idea where this was coming from. We called the guy who we were renting the house from to open the attic and see if anything was up there. After two hours of driving, he finally got there only to open it and find nothing. So he locked it back up and left. The same night, I was hearing steps that was, weren't letting me sleep. And the day after this, uh, my parent woke me up and asked why I was awake all night long. And I told him I wasn't. I thought it was my dad because he's a pretty big guy. The next day, I heard the steps again, but now there was an issue. The sound was inside the house for sure this time, and I thought I heard the attic door open, and the sound stopped. We all got confused in the morning, but said that maybe um, he forgot. Oh, we all got confused in the morning and thought maybe he forgot to lock the attic because he thought he heard the attic door open, um, and maybe it fell open. On its own, but when they checked the attic door, it was still locked. It had never been unlocked. hmm And they thought maybe the footsteps were just a pipe or something. Um, this idea changed the next day. On Christmas night, when we were all um, at the dining table, my mom's eye caught movement outside the house. We ran to the window and we were sure that we saw a really tall naked man in the woods. Keep in yeah. mind it's -22 degrees Fahrenheit.
2: I mean, it's possible, but that the, if that person is naked, negative it, -22 that person would have to be very much going through some some hard times. I mean, you would
1: die in a couple hours at -22. Oh yeah. Yeah. You
2: would get frostbite of many appendages.
1: <laughs> All of them. Uh, My dad took the gun and got out there to see what's going on. Nothing was there. No man, no footprints, nothing. Just endless snow. That day we decided not to go out and play, and we made our games inside. My parents were worried, but I was a child, and I didn't care. That night we went to sleep early. At roughly 6 a.m., I woke up because I had to go to the bathroom. I opened my eyes, and there was this face at the first floor window. He was skinny skinny. Pale and had a little bit of hair on its head. The weird part is that he was naked. Remember, it's negative 22 degrees. Looking through the window, I screamed. My dad, in less than five seconds, was in the room with the gun, uh, followed by my mom. I was crying and told them what I saw, but nothing was there anymore. And his dad checked outside and no footprints in the snow. Again. Uh. Yeah. I think my father said that we should leave, but the snow was over... Uh, six feet by now so the car was unable to leave most of the day we tried to contact the rental guy and the police but the line wasn't working properly and they were unable to understand what we were saying we Did were you say six
2: feet? yeah of snow. so like <laughs> people here if they're six inches they can't drive yeah no <laughs> but six feet over there yeah. and it's like you know what
1: it's fine <laughs> it's true well it wasn't fine it was six feet and they couldn't leave the house And they called the rental guy and the police, but they couldn't, they weren't able to get a connection and they couldn't talk to them. So we were together all day and didn't talk about it. Only when the sun started to set, I went to my room and played with my toys. Late at night, I heard the attic door open slowly since it was outside of my room. And then I heard the door open or, oh, I heard the room door open. I hid under the blanket and tried not to breathe. I didn't hear footsteps or any sound and I stayed there till morning. And then I got out running when I heard my parents and I told them what I heard. They told me there was my imagination and the attic door was still locked. Uh, So when I returned to my room.
2: You're really um, giving me the creeps. I
1: know it gets worse. Well, it's almost over, but it does get worse.
2: Yeah. Um, He was naked.
1: He said when he returned to or they said when they returned to the room. I saw a humanly shaped rope on the bed. Now, I don't know if that's a translation error, but it specifically said humanly shaped rope.
2: I mean, I could I could see that if you lay the rope in a way where it's like the outline sure, yeah. of a man. Yeah.
1: Um, I took it and I never told anyone else. When we were able to leave finally, when the snow hardened enough, the guy came to the house that we rented from to clear it before they left, to like do a check before they left.
2: Mm-hmm. When we
1: were all saying goodbye... I said I forgot something in my room, and I ran back in the house to get a doll I left. And I swear that I saw the man simply standing at the end of the dark hallway. I turned and ran out, and it took me years to understand that I saw him again. He was as tall as the door, just standing there, naked, skinny, simply staring.
2: Wow, Isn't that well, scary? it is. But what what's his motivation? I will tell you his motivation. <laughs> Like really? Yeah. Okay.
1: Because uh, I read that and I was like, "Oh my god!" Whether,
2: look, whether he's supernatural or not, like I personally am not okay with some like clearly not okay naked dude in the freezing cold.
1: Right. Yeah, he has to be supernatural at that point. Like you would be de- a human would be dead. Yeah. Would it be possible?
2: Come so on, dude! Co- protect one your comment. junk. <laughs>
1: on the Reddit post said, that sounds like the Yule Man. And I was like, who now? <laughs> <laughs> the who? <laughs> what? <laughs> um, so I started researching what the hell the Yule Man was, and I came across the SCP Foundation. Have you ever heard of that? mm Okay, so I don't know how credible the SCP Foundation is, but it's a wild website to read on. Um, this is their description. Operating clandestine and worldwide, the foundation operates beyond jurisdiction, empowered and entrusted by every major national government with the task of containing. Oh, here's a word that's hard to pronounce. um Anomalous. Anomalous. That's the word. Anomalous objects, entities and phenomena. These anomalies pose a significant threat to global security by threatening either physical or psychological harm. Um, SCP stands for secure, contain, protect, which is their mission statement, is to basically like research abnormalities and secure them, contain them, and protect people from them.
2: Hmm. So, Did their website seem legitimate?
1: It looks really legitimate. And there's a lot of information about lots of like paranormal things on it.
2: Um, I think it's just scpfoundation.com. We should throw that website in the episode description.
1: Okay, cool. We will.
2: Yeah, in case folks want to know more about the Yule Man.
1: Well, about any of, like, weird entities. They're all on there.
2: That guy sounds terrifying.
1: So this guy is his, um, they kind of index all their entities to, like, take record of everything and um, so people can report sightings to the SCP Foundation. Um, they call this guy SCP four six six six, which is kind of scary that they have four thousand six hundred sixty six um, entities already locked. But
2: yeah, really. Um,
1: <laughs> but yes, this story bears a striking resemblance to four six six, also known as a Weisnott event, and Weisnot, uh is German. White not. Want not. Exactly. Um, <laughs> white not literally means white night in German. Uh, because, and they call it this because all of the reportings of this happen when it's very snowy outside. Huh. Um, yeah. And so this thing only happens, it's considered an event because it only happens between December 21st. Actually, I should say it usually happens between December 21st and January 2nd. It always happens in the winter, though, when it's very snowy, because I saw a couple that said it was like in February. Um, and the event is said to have a 12-day active period during this time. Uh, the, and the victims basically uh, are part of this pattern. They are in an isolated rural location. They are um, have a family with at least one child under the age of eight, and they are situated with um, just lots and lots of snow everywhere throughout the entire time.
2: What a specific you know yeah. group of people to target?
1: It well, I mean, well, it makes sense that they're isolated if you're going to target someone.:
2: Yeah, but I do. mean with the child under eight.
1: Yeah, well, I'll tell you why. Because this is the sequence that it follows. Every time it's reported, it specifically follows the sequence. The nights 1 through 7, the children see the naked man outside. And sometimes they'll hear it on the roof or in the attic. But only the children. Um, Nights 8 through 11, the parents will start to see the naked man. And at this time, a foul odor will occur in the home and they'll hear basically more footsteps and stuff inside and outside the house. Um, And then this is all leading up, like the um, creepiness of it and the consistency of all the the sightings and seeing the thing watching you from the window um, ramps up until night 12. On night 12, one of two things will happen. Either the entire family will be basically tortured horribly and die violently, except for the youngest child who will be found missing by the police. No. Or the second thing that could happen, which according to the SCP foundation, it only happens in 15% of cases. Um, At night 12, they'll hear footsteps inside the home and um, the children will discover presents. And it will consist of toys, crudely constructed, and sometimes constructed from remains of human children.
2: So, in the second scenario, the family's fine. Yeah, they're just like gifted, really gruesome. Yeah, gifts. I like that better. That's a bit.
1: Oh yeah, that's better than dying.
2: Yeah, the uh, kidnapped. Yeah, the uh, the Yule Man the terrifying naked man that leaves you gruesome mm-hmm. gifts i could tell you of one instance
1: of an event happening to a family in alaska they woke up so all this stuff was happening they were seeing um, like creepy things like shadows in the distance in the forest they saw like they were in the middle of nowhere and they would see like a silhouette of a person just walking by a window Mm-hmm. Um, and they were too far away. And it was too snowy that they like couldn't call the cops. They couldn't really get any help. Um, and then on the last night, um, they woke up to find a life-size doll of a child who, upon further investigation, they realized it was a real child who was emaciated and starved. The child's lips had been sewn shut, their head scalped, eyes removed and replaced with rocks. Their fingernails had been removed, and then other fingernails were glued onto the fingernail, the fingers yeah. with pine resin. And they found out that the child was still alive. So they like finally, when they were able to get in contact with police, the child got rushed to a hospital and died a day later. Um, but upon a DNA test, they found that the child, was discovered to be a Russian girl who had disappeared two years prior.
2: Thanks, I hate it.
1: How did she get there? A Russian girl, in Alaska.
2: I mean, by plane or by boat, I have no
1: idea. She disappeared from Russia. Like, you can't... Well, I guess you can, but it's difficult to transport a... You know, a missing child. Across countries, for sure. Mm-hmm. It's theorized that this thing, who is always described as being super tall, like six or seven feet tall, completely naked, a man, and with small wisp of hair on his head. <sighs> He's like the worst version of Santa. Ever. Instead of coal, he kills you. And instead of presents... Here's a dead body.
2: You can't see the face I'm making right now, but it's very <laughs> disgusted. Like I'm, I'm totally cool with, you know, Bigfoot or Nessie. Yeah, no, this is or not the- many. Uh, I'd even be cool, probably seeing like a traditional gray or green alien face to face, but not this guy.
1: <laughs> um, just footnotes the uh, according to the scp they theorize it's basically a a single thing they don't believe it to be like multiple entities like bigfoot some people believe it's you know there's a, there's a, a couple family of, of
2: bigfoots right
1: the scp believes that 466 is a single entity that basically can travel wherever it wants um like teleport and it's Probably immortal, because the first event that they have, uh, like, written record of is in 1498. And there's more events before that that could be considered a Weisnod event. But um, it's hard to tell. Just older than that, people weren't very descriptive with their writing. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. But if anyone wants to read more about the Yule Man... Um, go to the SCP Foundation and type in SCP four six six, and you can actually read like multiple accounts of this happening. And not that they just people said it happened. There's police records of this specifically. People have reported to the police many times, and it's so weirdly specific.
2: An yeah. extremely
1: tall naked man. And how often could in that the really snow happen? I know, like if it happened once or twice, it's almost like, I mean, a horrible person did these things and probably died and froze to death, right? If I mean, it was a person.
2: It, and I'm just putting it into like personal perspective. I've been in New York City a couple times in the winter, and it's like bone-chilling cold, but yeah. th- it still isn't negative twenty degrees. No.
1: New York, I mean, it gets to like zero, maybe below. Yeah, I
2: mean, the coldest day I'd probably been there, it might have been in the single digits, but it still wasn't 20 below. Right. And that was wearing, that's when you bundle up and you wear like, you know, three, four, five layers of clothing. Right. I couldn't just be naked.
1: No. Yeah. It's definitely a paranormal thing. And it's, who knows where it comes from. The SCP, they also have a, um, a photo on their site. It's just like a shadow of a man, like far away, so you can't really tell anything. But it says, like, believe to be the Yule Man or not event. So I hate it.
2: I hate it too. Thanks.
1: So never go stay in a remote house in the winter with your family ever. Oh, it,
2: it wasn't going to happen. But <laughs> however, um, my partner, Andy, has been talking about moving to Alaska forever. Mm-mm. Nope. I said nope then, nope. and I'm definitely saying it now.
1: There's no need for that.
2: No way. But I gotta tell you, I'm excited because it is time for Shitty Cryptid of the Week. Boop, boop, boop. So let's get to our holiday special Sponsor which I'm very proud to talk about. She is a close friend of mine. We are talking about my pal Mary over at The Folk House, and that is at The Folk House on Instagram or FolkHouse.com. She's a mom, she's a maker, she's a weirdling. The Folk House Shop on Etsy is an eclectic home to scribbles and stitches, punk folk art dolls, original zines, illustrations, fiber arts, and more. If it's made in the Folk House and for sale, it's in the shop. So check that link out. And specifically, because we are paranerds and we do what we do, she's making this incredible Krampus doll for sale in her (laughs) shop. So check that out.
1: Uh, House Folk House is spelled with House H-A-U-S.
2: Yes. So at the Folk House. All right. You ready for your shitty cryptid? Give it to me. Alright. Tell me about mm-hmm. the romantic scabby pirate of the beet farm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's romantic.
2: And scabby.
1: Uh, okay. He's a pirate. How did he get so scabby?
2: That's what you're about to tell me. Mm, okay.
1: Okay, I got it. Um, th- it was the late. When was pirates? Like seventeen hundreds, <laughs> early seventeen hundreds. When was pirates? I think that's right. Early seventeen hundreds in like South Carolina or something. <laughs> um, American pirate. Yeah, most. I mean, there were a ton of American pirates back then. Um, the Blackbeard, all them. Charles Vane, I love pirates. Um, So, (laughs) all right. This beet farmer had a daughter, and she was in her late teens, and he was putting her to work every day. He would say, You know, go to the town and sell all these beets and stuff. And she was like, Fine, dad, I'll do it. And every day she went, she uh, took her horse-drawn carriage with all the beets into town and sold beets for, like, one cent a pop or something ridiculously cheap. Um, and she was getting so tired of it. She was doing it her whole life. And then one day while she was in town selling her beets, pirates came to the town, to uh, Charleston. And they... Ran through the town just stealing and mugging and pillaging. And she was like, that sounds fun. Love that. I hate these beats. (laughs) I want to do that. So she was like, she basically just was like, hey, you guys need help? And she just gave them all the money. And she was like, can this buy me like passage or allow me to be an employee of yours? And they're like, yeah, sure. Because they were like, what can you do? And she was like, I can count money real good. And they were like, perfect. We need that. We'd have lots of money. We need to count all this stuff we just stole. So they brought her on board and she became like the accountant of the pirate ship. And then, after years of working on this pirate ship, she began to fall in love with um, the quartermaster of the ship. Whose name was Old uh Jackman old, old Jackman Old Jackman yep Old Jackman <laughs> so the beet farmer's daughter and Old Jackman fell deeply in love and then one day they decided years later after the pillaging of Charleston they said let's go back again you know we've been all over the coast we're going to go back to Charleston and do it again so they get to Charleston she gets off the ship with her sword, and she's like, gonna go steal money to pay for my wedding. And her dad is there, and he takes her. He just kidnaps her and throws her in the beet cart. He says, you're coming home, young lady. How dare you become a pirate? <laughs> and he wheels her all the way back to the beet farm. And what, in Jack- a wheelbarrow? In the uh, cart, he like ties oh, her oh, up right, and throws right, right. her in the under all the beets. He puts a bunch of beets on top of her. No one can see her, and wheels her back to the farm. And old Jackman, it's <laughs> like, oh no, where's my love, the love of my life? And so he goes to find her and finds the beets. And he's in the. um and he him and all the pirates are coming down to the beet farm and the beet the the dad the beet farmer he catches wind of this and he's like you're not going to take my daughter back so he sets up a trap and he he's just so angry that this pirate thinks he can pull one over on him he sets up a trap by putting the daughter in the house and um luring old Jackathy in old Jackathy's like oh my love i finally found you and they embrace and then whoosh, the house goes up in flames because the dad set a trap and just wants to kill him, so they can't embarrass him anymore about his beet farm shame with his daughter running off. And...
2: <laughs> it's beet
1: farm shame. Yep. The <laughs> Canadians can't have a shameful beet farm. It's very honorable employment. And um, So
2: now, old Jackethy um... Jacathy. I thought Jack- it was Jackman. Jackman. that's what I meant. <laughs> No, 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 no. Jackethy is Jack-a-thee
1: His name's Jackethy Jackman. Uh, Jack-a-thee. <laughs> Jack-a-thee. So now Jackethy Jackman's ghost roams the beet farm now, and he's all scabbed up for being burned alive. But him and his his um, burned up wife... They're, they go on little dates around the beet farm as ghosts, because they're still very romantic. And if you visit that beet farm today, um, he'll, he'll say hi. <laughs> he'll say hi. <laughs> he's a nice guy. He's not going to scare you, I don't think. I think he's happy in the afterlife. Him no. and the girl get to uh, live the rest of their eternity at the beet farm.
2: I don't think a cryptid has to necessarily haunt or like be malicious. No, he does. Oh, no, I don't think they have to be malicious. No, yeah. <sighs> He's a ghost. See, that was great, but yeah. I have a problem with that because I always what? try to give you the most ridiculous bullshit. Mm-hmm. And every time you actually weave it into like this beautiful blanket <laughs> of real story. And every time you give me one, poop poop or what was it uh
1: ejaculating centaurs
2: (laughs) flame ejaculating (laughs) centaurs but you know there's a good balance there we're we're different people and that's exactly why this podcast (laughs) works if we were the same it would not be fun
1: oh jackie jackson
2: now And I'm not saying that you have to do this, and listeners, tell us how you feel. I think it would be really cool to see you sketch out all these cryptids we talk about. Mm, mm.
1: Yeah, no. (laughs) If I I can do like one or two, I don't have time to do all of them. That's true. What if I pay you? (laughs) Ooh, Why don't we do like a Facebook poll and we'll be like, here's... Which cryptid? Yeah, we'll pick out like 3 of our favorites and we'll see if people want to vote on it and to, which one do I sketch?
2: Yeah, let's do we can drop that poll sometime around when this episode comes out.
1: Christmas, Christmas time All right, here. friends.
2: So, you know what we're going to tell you?
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> we're going to tell you to check out our social media on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. Talk to us. Send us a message. Tell us how you're liking stuff. Shoot us an email. Paranerdspodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. We like that. We
1: like talking to people.
2: We do. And from us to you, we wanted to say Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays.
1: Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa.
2: Happy New Um, Year.
1: Happy Winter Solstice. If you don't want to do any of that, just celebrate the solstice. You know, even if you're not religious, it's the end of a year. It's dark as hell.
2: Just do something fun. Come on, at this point, we've survived 2020. So celebrate a little bit.
1: Celebrate that. It's yeah. good. And don't get COVID.
2: Don't spread it. Yeah. Yeah, mask up. Be fucking cool. That's it. Be fucking cool. <laughs> Thank you, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. 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 Paranerds Podcast has been brought to you by PodMoth.